Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. On this week's episode, we have Justin and Lauren. It's Nobel Prize season, and for scientists that means awards and recognition for some of the most outstanding research. In this part one of the multi-part special, we'll talk about the Nobel Prize for Physiology and Medicine, which is awarded for study in combating malaria and other bacterial-borne illnesses. Now, most of you probably have been bitten by a mosquito at some point in your life. And yes, they are irritating and they can, they can hurt and they can get itchy and they can just get bothersome, really. But in many parts of the world, particularly tropical areas, areas around the equator, uh, areas in some countries in Southeast Asia and Asia in general, also in Africa and South America, mosquitoes can carry deadly, deadly diseases. Unfortunately, in Australia, aside from up north, we are relatively safe from them. But things like malaria and other, inf- and other infections... Ross River fever, dengue, and so on, they are all absolutely terrible diseases that are actually passed along by mosquitoes. Or they bring sickness or death to millions of people across the world each year. And that's why foundations such as the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and other major initiatives are underway to try and tackle malaria it's, and other mosquito-borne um, diseases. And these are really terrible, and we, we are looking always for ways to improve the quality of life and remove the dangers from these. And you may understand, well, doesn't you know, what exactly is going on with these things? Well, basically, they have a small parasitic protozoan, a group of single-celled microorganisms, that uh, they breed, uh, and they actually then get passed along through mosquitoes that they infect. So in the, it's not the mosquitoes' fault, per se, they're just doing what the mosquitoes normally do, which is, you know, drink blood, and survive. But when they actually pick up and then transmit through that process, they actually become the vectors for this quite dangerous infectious disease. And other mosquito-borne illnesses are also quite dangerous and deadly. And this means that we need to either have innovative treatments to stop them from getting there in the first place, either to stop the mosquitoes from biting, to kill mosquitoes, or really just to boost the immune systems of people under, who are under threat from these types of infectious diseases. But there are a number of different ways you can tackle this problem. And the problem doesn't really stop there. Because there is really a plethora of bacterial and parasitic organisms that can harm people. Especially with people who are exposed to, more commonly, lower standards of sanitation as well as higher amounts of these insects. So they can spread and be carried and propagate through it quite fundamentally. So these types of parasitic organisms are really quite dangerous in terms of spreading infectious disease. And look, they do require uh, hosts in order to thrive. And unfortunately, mosquitoes, animals, and ourselves can often be that host. And we can carry it around and spread it even further. For example, elephantitis, river blindness, and malaria can all be spread through mosquitoes or flies. And and there's a lot of other issues out there that similarly can be spread that way. So how do you tackle such a big problem? And how do you find a solution to it? There's many different vectors, things carrying these from flies to mosquitoes to worms. And there's also many different types of organisms, parasitic organisms that are actually causing a variety of different illnesses. So there's no one size fits all solution to this problem, unfortunately. And there's also a lot of different vectors and threats that we have to consider. And many people are working on this area for for many, many years. 
and the Nobel Prize for Physiology and Medicine this year has been awarded to three individuals who independently have all been working on some solutions to these major issues for health across the world. So in 2015, the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine was divided in half, one half for Yoyu 2 for discoveries concerning a novel therapy against malaria, and the other half to William C. Campbell and Satoshi Umura for the discoveries concerning a novel therapy against infections caused by roundworm parasites. So, two of the big candidates for actually causing sickness and disease across the world have been tackled, and some new research is to helping come up with better therapies, novel therapies, to help treat them, which can be easily deployed and spread across the world to help those in developing countries. anything new we've been dealing with malaria as something that we know about for over 4,000 years we have writings from ancient egypt and greece from 2000 or so ce and as well as ancient chinese writing that actually talk about this concept of malaria um obviously the name malaria um, malaria comes from the medieval italian referring to mal aria or bad air which basically comes from the Roman idea that there's some kind of bad air stemming around swamps that's actually causing the issue. We didn't realise at the time that it was actually the mosquitoes in those swamps causing the problem, not the actual swampy air instead. Now, how is malaria caused? It actually has a single cell parasite called a plasmodium, and there's about five species of that can, can infect humans. And what happens when you catch malaria is attacks of shivering, fever, sweating, and often can lead to severe issues involving the heart and when that fever worsens, which can lead, to, obviously, to death. The, uh, there are a couple of different forms of malaria. As mentioned, there's five different forms, and some of them are more aggressive than others. Obviously, some can just be mild um, with fevers and uh, quite you know, flu-like symptoms almost, but the severe ones can actually can be quite deadly. The disease is transmitted by mosquitoes. When an uh, infected female mosquito bites a human, it pushes in the sporozoite form of the malaria organism into the blood. And so basically then this invades the liver cells where it reproduces thousands of scales. And then when these cells rupture, it actually then spreads into the red blood cells and through the body. Sounds pretty terrifying. And you're right, to an extent it is. According to the World Health Organization's Worldwide Malaria Report, 3.4 billion people each year are at risk of malaria. In 2013 alone, Almost 200 million people uh, or cases of malaria occurred, leading to the death of about 584,000 people. The heaviest burden for the death toll is in Africa, where more than 90% of the deaths are actually occurring, primarily also in children less than five years of age, which is a terrible tragedy and something which has got a lot of attention from a number of different areas. Anti-malaria drugs are being deployed, as well as anti-mosquito nets, Treat, dosing treatments and a number of other ideas to try and actually tackle this. Now, the problem is that this kind of large-scale programs are great, but in developing countries or remote areas in Africa, it actually can be kind of hard to spread and also deliver consistently, meaning that often you'll also need novel solutions. As malaria is a problem that we've known about for some time, Nobel Prizes have actually been awarded for research into malaria for several years. 
including one in 1902 where a where a British doctor, Ronald Ross, working in India, was awarded the Nobel Prize for his discovery that mosquitoes are, in fact, the vector for transmitting malaria. Charles Levan, a French physician working in Algeria, received the Nobel Prize in 1907 after he discovered the existence of the parasites inside the red blood cells. A Swiss chemist, Paul Hermann Muller, was awarded the Nobel Prize in 1948 for his discovery of DDT, a contact poison that helped kill things like mosquitoes. Now, whilst we whilst we knew that DDT was a very, very effective method of killing mosquitoes, we didn't then realise until much later that it's also a quite a damaging toxin to humans as well, leading to a fantastic tool to kill mosquitoes being discovered, but also an understanding of ways that we actually have to then manage and use that tool responsibly to otherwise we damage ourselves. Yoyu Tu, the, who is working with the, at the, currently anyway at the China Academy of Traditional Chinese Medicine in Beijing, China, has been tackling this problem now for several years. So her team was involved in a larger national project to, tr- project to try and identify solutions and new novel solutions to tackle this malaria issue. And her research turned to traditional Chinese medicine as she searched for recipes that have been used for thousands of years to treat fever thinking that, okay, well, if we can find some of the different types of plants and the chemicals inside them, then we can actually then isolate these and apply systematic ways of replicating and enhancing the effects of these. So they discovered that, yeah, okay, wormwood has often been traditionally used as part of an anti-fever treatment. And so they started to investigate that in more detail, taking extracts from the plants and actually testing on the parasites uh, to see whether or not what the actual root cause is. And they've been doing this since the 1980s, where they've been heavily studying all of this. So then... What they started to look at is different ways to extract and concentrate where the effective part, effective chemicals inside those plants, uh, when test those against malaria parasites. And what they actually found is that they could find ways to kill 100% of infected parasites in mice and monkeys, which they discovered in 1985. And then they adjusted this to actually find a novel drug that they can then deploy this through to actually then tackle malaria head on. So starting with what was known to be herbs to combat fever. They then tested and refined and concentrated the extract of these herbs to actually then create powerful new medicine and drugs that can be used to actually tackle and defeat malaria. So effectively, through a series of then detailed clinical trials, Tu's team actually undertook substantial ways to improve the, the, the drug they have developed, artemisinin, and actually then found a new and established chemical structure. And this is completely different to the other anti-malarial agents we've already developed. So this gives us a wide variety of different methods to use, which helps avoid resistance developing in the malaria parasites themselves. And in published studies in 2004, 11, and 2014, they actually even found that they can destroy the parasite before it has a chance to develop and infect a red blood cell. So now, in fact... Artemisinin-based combination therapy, or ACT, is the primary combinational therapy of that and other antimalarial drugs for Southeast Asia. So not Africa, but Southeast Asia, they're actually using this because this is they, they're trying to sort of keep different areas working on different types of drugs as the primary to avoid resistance spreading. Now, this ACT treatment, plus the use of treated nets, have actually reduced the mortality rate 
by about 47% between 2000 and 2013. And in Africa alone, 54%. And this is, this is tremendous. Um, and this is saving millions of lives each year. And Yoyu2's research is so critical to this because they've actually created an entirely new class that rapidly kill the malaria parasites at an early stage, which means it's very, very more beneficial than other methods that we've got. And this is significant because it gives us another tool in our arsenal, helps prevent resistance building up in the parasites and save millions of lives. So this is a great example of actually learning from previously identified beneficial treatments thousands of years ago, studying it in detail and undertaking clinical trials to test and prove their effectiveness. And that is why YoYu2 was awarded half of the Nobel Prize for Physiology and Medicine. There are a number of different nematodes, so small worms, if you want to think about them that way, that can carry and act as vectors and hosts for a number of different diseases, including river blindness, which causes uh, people to lose their eyesight, uh, as well as elephantitis, which of course is another thing that old people have heard of. It's where this limb suddenly grow and become sort of deformed in shape. And these are spread through these nematodes, which act as the parasite and, and spread these diseases. Uh, and often in developing countries, there's a lot of exposure to these. A river blindness obviously comes through the aquatic areas, which again gets picked up. The worms' eggs get picked up by flies or mosquitoes, in the case of elephantitis, and passed along to the human host, where they then thrive and develop. And between a number of these different diseases, a risk about population of about um, 250 million people across the world who are at risk from these various diseases in primarily around 31 different endemic countries, mostly in Africa and Southeast Asia. So to help combat all these bacterial infections that we've, can, we've discovered, researchers have to really start considering and studying these in a lot of details. And that is where microbiologists such as Satoshi Omura come into the fore. He worked at the Kitasato Institute in Japan, which had a strong record in, in natural product isolation, right? So they, they have often been working in isolating different types of bacteria. And they've been studying, and he had a very strong interest in antibiotics and helping to actually develop new antibiotics and discover new sources because you also really want to stop resistance forming and antimicrobial resistance. So equipped with skills for developing new types and culturing new types of bacteria, Amura, together with a number of other institutions across the world, were actually really starting to isolate and culture these new strains. And to do this, they're sort of trying to culture these new streptomyces uh, strains, which would be very beneficial in working in antimicrobial applications. And in some cases, they even found the new culture, base cultures for these soils in places like in local golf courses uh, and soils in those to actually study. So you actually have to look in a wide range of areas to try and find that. So when you've got these different sort of cultures of different types of antimicrobial antibacterial agents. What do you then do with it? And this is where William C. Campbell, uh, who is an expert in parasite biology, who was working with MDRLA, a research institution that uh, Kitasato Institute that Amura-san was actually involved in, they started to collaborate. So basically, they took bacterial broths that had been cultured and grown by Amura-san, and then they started to compare their efficiency at actually tackling and working against parasites. And that's the study that, that worked that Campbell did. So what they started to look at was, did this, would this kill 
uh, the, the parasitic nematodes that are infecting things like mice and cats and dogs and other animals, and well as humans. And what they found is that they actually were very, very effective. And with these chemical modifications, they've actually made a new class of uh, antimicrobials. And this is fantastic because what you can then do with this is actually save, to an extent, a lot of time processing and also make it very, very efficient to create and spread. So they can use these quick and efficient production methods to actually create new classes of antimicrobial, antibacterial uh, drugs, and then spread these out into the areas that may actually be at risk from these parasites. So as of 2012, over 200 million people have received ivermectin, which is based on this cultured, uh, anti this cultured bacterial strain, and then being used in the anti antibacterial and antiparasitic treatments. And that has helped, you know, eliminate almost lymphatic filia cyrus from 118 million people. So this infection for these worms from over 118 million people, which is a... <laughs> And a tremendous achievement, and it's actually stopped it for a period of about 1 to 11 years, which means that once you've actually sort of held it back, you can actually then knock out these diseases completely, which is a tremendous achievement, uh, and, and gives you a sort of sustained immunity. So Amura and Campbell have basically led to a new class of drugs that are incredibly efficient against parasitic diseases. It's taken a lot of work and a lot of research, but it helps us get to a point where we can start eliminating these and also treating very, very efficiently in remote countries and developing countries diseases that would otherwise be substantially devastating. And that is why Campbell and Amura were awarded the other half of the Nobel Prize for Physiology and Medicine in 2015. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. This is what we found out about the Nobel Prize for Medicine and Physiology in 2015, awarded for outstanding research in combating malaria and other bacterial-borne illnesses. Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.